The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey everyone, welcome back to the program on Afternoons with Mike here on The Shepherd. On the line with me today, I've got a couple of guests. First one lined up is Eric Karen. Eric is a former U.S. diplomat and a special agent. He is an author of a book, which we're going to be talking somewhat about, at least from the standpoint of fundamentals and also the theme of it all is called Switched On. And uh, he'll be sharing some of the things that's going on in our great country and some of the things, sadly, that is not going on in our great country. Welcome back, Eric. Hey, Mike, what an honor and a privilege to be on with you, sir. Thank you. I remember the last time we talked, it, it's so much fun to talk to somebody that has actually worked in some of the areas, uh, and you've worked all over the world in these areas. Yep. There, the things we hear about, I think the average American would hear about things going on in Homeland Security, would, uh, going on with Interpol, going on, people like who are diplomats like you, yep. and, and it just seems like a world far away. But a lot of the things that you've dealt with have become very close to our American population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks again for having me, Mike. You know, the the you know the world is much smaller today, right? Um, you know, due to globalization, uh, that uh, you know you can get on a plane in New York and be in Paris within what five or six hours, and and uh, you can you know buy, buy something from China and it'll be here within you know forty eight hours, um, and so. The bad guys, of course, love love to exploit our freedoms, love to exploit our globalization, and that's through trade, travel, and telecommunications, um, and for their own nefarious uh, purposes. So, you know, drug smuggling, child pornography, arms trafficking, and so that's why, you know, we need a border here in America, both a physical border and, of course, a virtual border when it comes to the internet. Uh, making sure that, you know, bad guys aren't harming us. And right now, bad guys are are openly harming us, um, you know, via the Biden administration. I call it Department of Homeland Insecurity. Wow. I really do. And, you know, it's unfortunate um, because there are great men and women of law enforcement in the federal government, in the Department of Homeland Security. But, um, you know, they're frustrated as as local police are. They're not able to do their job. Um, we see what's happening to our borders. We see the the flood of drugs. I mean, the numbers are, are shocking, right? Uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, overdoses uh, in America. We're looking at, geez, nearly. Now, this this number should shock everybody, Mike. Since 1999, nearly a million people, million people have died. That's the size of Dallas and San Antonio mm-hmm. and Jacksonville, Florida due to overdoses never mind the suicides uh the cdc reported in 2021 46,000 plus uh in 2021 so you know that's why we have to have a border preventing drugs uh from coming into america preventing human trafficking um and um right now it's we we don't have a a border um you know we we, we see this year alone CBP reported 
uh, arrests of individuals with criminal convictions at our borders, 15,000 plus. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the number the number should, should be like, wait, wait a minute, 15,000 plus people tried to get into America that were arrested with criminal records that weren't allowed in. So great job, CBP, but how many more are getting in That's to it. America? We don't know, do we? We don't. We really don't. We, and, you know, it was, it was always interesting when I was an agent hearing the numbers, uh, you know, about illegal aliens being uh, in, in America. Yeah, there's 10 million or there's, there's uh, 12 million. We really have no idea uh, how many millions of people are flooding into our, our, our nation. Um, because we know the apprehensions, apprehensions are up at our ports of entry, but we don't know how many are getting in. And um, we're all focused on the southern border. No one's paying attention to the northern border entrances. Uh, we is 300, there's 328 ports of entry, official ports of entry, mm-hmm. land, air, and sea. They all have to be secure. Why? Because bad guys go where it's soft. And we learned that lesson the hard hard way on 9-11. Mm-hmm. And I'm very concerned, Michael, that we we are facing another you know catastrophe if we don't get switched on in America. Because I, terrorists are planning to attack us every day, both domestically as well as internationally. Look at Afghanistan. There's a whole state, a whole government, a whole country is now run by a terrorist organization. And they're surely not going to stay in Afghanistan. They like to travel, and they're going to go all around the world pretty freely. So we better wake up. Boy, we need to wake up. And as your book says, we need to wake up and be switched on and go into that vigilant state that I think we read about in the Bible where we're supposed to be aware. And I think of the sons of Issachar. I've talked about them uh, recently on the word. They were people who understood the times and knew what to do. That's a a very uh, terse statement that was made about this group in the Old Testament. But we need people today who are awake, alert, switched on, who understand what's going on. And, you know, you mentioned this phrase, bad guys. I agree with you. The border is supposed to keep out the bad guys. But one of the things that's becoming more and more, uh, at least apparent to so many, is that some of those bad guys appear to be in the U.S. government. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Um, yeah, you know, the Federal Bureau of Injustice, uh, I've been calling the FBI, unfortunately, and the Department of Injustice. Uh, there are certainly individuals that should not be wearing the badge. Um, you know, they, you know, we, we see what we saw what happened in Pennsylvania, but a week or so ago, with the pro-lifer being arrested, right, uh, in, at at an abortion clinic, uh, for an alleged alleged event, uh, a local event that happened nearly a year ago, where there was a, a a pushing match, if you will, allegedly between the pro-lifer and a uh, you know, pro-abortionist. Um, and, and and the police were called and they did nothing. And the police said there's no evidence here of any you know assault. So see you later. Uh, the victim files uh, uh, a formal complaint. Um, the judge uh, threw it out because the complainant never showed up for court. 
And then what happens? A year later, the FBI picks it up and and and, and charges him with a federal offense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he's looking at I think it's eleven to twelve years. Now, people aren't talking about this, Mike. Is that who's the U.S. attorney? Who's the lead U.S. attorney mm-hmm. in that district? Yeah. And the question, and you look at her who brought the case, Jacqueline, Jacqueline Romeo, a career DOJ official, served on the civil rights as a civil rights coordinator in that district. Now, again, this is on her, if you will, bio. First woman of color, quote, and first woman to identify – I'm not sure if it's a woman or not, but first person to identify as LGBTQIA. Now, the IA, that's a little different to a lot of people. We've been hearing the plus plus, which this is a wild card, isn't it? I mean, it just keeps changing. It's uh, It gives me a headache trying to keep up with the vernacular. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I, I had, don't, I was, I'm afraid to ask, don't ask me what the IA, I looked it up and I forgot what it stands for. Oh my goodness. So, so my thing is, you know, that, that potentially of, you know, plays into, hey, do we bring this case or not? Um, and I think uh, based on her background, I think she wanted to make um, this pro pro lifer um and as an example use him as an example uh based on her background and and so there are people yes within the fbi and in doj that um should not uh be in those positions for sure we saw under donald trump um you know false statements being made in in criminal uh, affidavits that we used to spy on him on our former president um yeah, we, we you're surely right that there are individuals within our government that should not be serving. And, you know, I, I got to tell you, you know, I, the Biden crime family, that's another whole issue that we're going to have to litigate. You'll see over the next two, three years, because the Biden crime family was involved in misuse of their office. Uh, when Hunter and, and the former vice president was traveling the world to to gain you know contracts you know hundreds of millions of dollars, um, and there was other you know wrongdoings, probably money laundering going on as well. So, yeah, it, it goes to the highest levels of our government uh, right now, unfortunately. Mm. It does, and it's going to be interesting to see if the FBI can regain reputation and trust in the American public. Do you think that's going to happen? Well, the FBI needs a total colonoscopy. <laughs> wow, that's a, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> so, you know, they, for, for the American people to, to gain trust, Mike, in, in their criminal justice system right now, because they do see two-tier system. One for for the elites, one for 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 everybody else, if you will. And so, the actions of the FBI over the last two or three plus plus years uh, is calling for that. Is calling for a cleansing uh, that's required, not just of the FBI, but of of our you know federal system. FBI, the Department of Justice, mm-hmm. the Homeland Insecurity Department. Um, um, people, people are making people are making so they're making poor choices 
poor decisions that's leading to our country becoming a socialist nation, without a doubt, and people dying. I mean, every day in America, Mike, I, you know, I, I, you know, because of the what I do, I, I'm, a, I'm a security consultant, both domestically as well as internationally. I travel to Africa, um, getting ready to go back to Tanzania, um, and you know, I see the destruction that's going on, and it's because we have poor leadership in our nation right mm. now, and it's leading to destruction and death every day. Every day that police officers are being killed, uh, women and children are being maimed, um, that that it didn't have to happen. And it's happening because we have poor leadership. And that's why I feel um, the American people will wake up this you know November and, and understand that these people work for us who, who we put in office. And their number one job, Mike, is to keep our butts safe. Yeah. That's the role that, of government. That's it. And they failed us over the last few years. They failed us on 9-11, where nearly 3,000 Americans died, tens of thousands were injured. That should have been a wake-up call. Like, hey, globalization is great in some respects. It's great, yeah. Again, travel and trade and telecommunication systems and, wow, it's all great. You know, we're freedom. And, but – we have no freedom without our security. No. And that's why people are so afraid to leave their houses in America these days. Yeah. People are actually afraid to go out to a movie theater or a concert or a play. And I'm like, you got to get, you got to get switched on. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't empower these bad guys. You can't, you know, both on the street, you, you can't let pop these politicians continue to make poor choices. You got to vote their butts out. Well, tell us a little bit about the core principles of your book, Switched On. How does one live a life like that? Wow. Wow. Thanks, Mike. It's a great question. You know, I, I, you know, if I may say, I learned the core principles from a shoeshine boy. Yes, a shoeshine boy, uneducated, <laughs> uneducated. He, um, he, you know, he grew up, became a U.S. Marine, um, had seven kids. And I'm one of the seven. Mm. And my dad, a born again Christian, he, you know, taught me at a young age everything I needed to know in life. And 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 you know, he taught me about strengthening strengthening the mind through education. It's your ticket to life's party. Without it, you're not getting in. Period. Strengthening the body through what I call what he called. The C philosophy, sleep, eat, and exercise. C, sleep, eat, and exercise every day. Hmm. And, of course, strengthen the soul through faith. Faith. You know, you know, we, so many of us live in fear. And what's been said, when, when fear comes knocking, send faith to answer. Hmm. And so my father, uneducated, shoeshine boy, taught me those core principles about strengthening the mind, body, and soul, equally important, all three of them. And they all have to be fed every day. Yep. Yeah, there's no sleeping on that one, right? No, no. I have to. I. So, and I said to you before, Mike, before we came on is, 
if I was not switched on, I'd be dead today. I'd be dead because of the type of work that I did in, in covert operations and, and maybe making bad choices, but I was switched on and I knew, um, you know, how to navigate life as a special agent to live. Right. Um, and, 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 and then in my personal life as well, I mean, we all face tragedies, you know, and I face many tra- tragedies in my life. Um, the loss of my hero, my father at 15, wow. um, my, That's my tough. twin, br- my twin brother, my soulmate at 28, mm. um, my, the breakup of my, my family, my, my marriage at 50. And here I am today still living that switched on life because more than ever, I need it. You need it. Ever. We all need it. If, if we're not going to be switched on, man, if we're not going to wake up, we've got even more to lose than we can realize. I think about what's going on in Chicago right now watching some of the news conferences with Mayor Lightfoot and the way that she answers and seems completely detached. And yet in so many cities that are run by these democratic bosses and uh, it's almost, uh, it's just depressing really when you look at it and realize how detached they are from reality. Eric, Karen, thank you so much for being with me today. And we uh, uh, tell us how people can get switched on with your book. How can they get a hold of that? Well, thanks, Mike, for having me. Um, Switched on Life, Switched on Life is the is the website. Um, of course, Amazon as well as the book is there. And I also enjoy traveling the country and the world, speaking to people um, about what it means to be switched on. What I like to say is that even in in darkness in life, if you're switched on, you can still see a path to greatness. That's right. We trust the Lord with all that, and that's the only way I can sleep at night, man, is to realize that there is one greater than I who is in charge. Eric, thank you so much for being with us, and we'll have to have you back on the program in the near future. Thanks for talking with us today. Thank you, Mike. Stay switched on. Switched on. All right, and we'll be back in just a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. If you've considered the natural beauty of a wood floor, then go with a winner. Ability Wood Flooring has been a trusted source and family-owned and operated since 1950. Ability Wood Flooring is voted best of the best and are featured on A&E's Zombie House Flipping. Ability proudly works with Florida's top builders, winning many awards in the Parade of Homes. Get a free design consultation today. AbilityWoodFlooring.com EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top-trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Back again here on Afternoons with Mike, and what an honor it is to have Colonel Brian Searcy on the line with me from the Paratus Group. He's the CEO of this organization and a founder of it. But for that, he was a he is a retired United States Air Force Colonel. Served our country. Thank you for your service, sir. Welcome to my program. Mike, thanks for having me on. It's an honor for me as well. Well, you know, when we look at what you've done in 
all of these arenas, you're considered to be an expert when it comes down to Americans' situational uh, awareness issues that we're all seeing uh, that is necessary today because there's uh, there's just something happening, it seems, almost every day, especially in big cities like Chicago, New York. Crime is at an all-time high in a lot of these cities. After dipping down during uh, the last couple of decades to where it seemed like things were a little bit safer, right now things are on the rise, and we all need to be aware, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, situation awareness is a God-given gift that we all have, but unfortunately less than one in seven people today actually know how to practice situation awareness, to know how to take advantage of it. And see, with situation awareness and the 10 critical personal skills that we teach in our programs at the Paradis Group, we empower people to become their own first responder with the focus to be left of bang, to be able to stop bad things from happening. That's what we need to focus on is empowering people with the ability to, again, take responsibility for their own safety. But even more than that, when more and more people learn and develop the skill when they have the empathy and the humility to, to go forward, to want to help what's going on in their communities. When we all group together, that's how we're going to make a change. Um, this has been going on for about 30 or 40 years, but you're, you're right. It has accelerated over the last two or three years. Uh, we can dive into a lot of, a lot of causes for that, but it's not just, it, it didn't just happen overnight. It has been building for the last 30 and 40 years. Because our, our, our kids, when they were growing up 10, 20 years ago, never learned this skill, never learned the 10 critical personal skills. So what that means now, when they get into a disagreement with somebody, they're 90% more likely to try and resolve that situation with anger and violence. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned not overnight, and I agree with you completely. When you look at just culture at large, in general, things have been developing in this direction for a long time across the board. I think it's safe to say that our kids did not receive the same, or they're not receiving the same kind of education in public schools that you and I received when we were in school. So things are, are decidedly going down a different direction from then. And I agree with that. So, but one of the things that we need to really focus on when we talk about what what I have in our programs at the Paradis Group, again, where we empower the development of habits, behaviors, and a mindset regarding situational awareness, is this is really a parent's responsibility. And that's why I go back about 30 or 40 years in the late 60s, early 70s, when we had a bunch of kids that grew up and that did not develop these skills. Um, then when they didn't develop these skills and they became parents, if you don't have a skill, you can't teach it to your kids. So we've seen this happen over three or four generations, and those generations expected the schools to then teach situation awareness and these 10 critical skills to their, to their mm -hmm. kids. But that's not the responsibility of schools, and, and schools never Absolutely. took that on. Yeah. But so we're, at, we're actually at a point today, Mike, and I was on the phone with a senior vice president of HR about three weeks ago. The kids graduating from college today do not have situation awareness. They don't have the 10 critical skills that we have in our program. So the businesses today, companies today are being forced to put together programs to teach their new employees these skills so that they can be successful working in that job at that at that company. Well, how sad is that, that parents are actually seemingly now the targets of a lot of the public school system to remove from them the responsibilities, the authority over those children, and young children, and 
taken upon themselves, the school corporations are taken upon themselves to try to eliminate the parents' authority and role in order to let that kid just deal with gender issues, all sorts of other issues. This is a really concerning time. It absolutely is. And I hate to say it, but as part of this whole conversation, we've we've kind of got to put ourselves in this position. Parents have given up that responsibility of, of making sure that their kids develop mm. these 10 critical skills that are respectful, that are, are taught how to take responsibility for themselves, are taught empathy and humility, um, are, are empowered with the ability not to resolve conflict with, with violence and anger. So what we're starting to see is their parents are starting to stand up. And, and one of the reasons I founded the Paradis Group was I did, I, I was getting very frustrated with people just like politicians do today, complaining about the symptoms, complaining about the symptoms, when my analysis was that the people that we need to be able to empower their kids with the skills, they don't have these skills. So instead of complaining about it and, 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 and those types of things, put together a program to empower parents to learn and develop this skill and then and educate them how they then make sure their kids learn and develop this skill. You know, we're not going to fix it overnight, but our, our mission is in the next generation, the next 10 or 15 years, to turn that one in seven statistic around and have six out of seven or seven out of seven kids when they graduate from college to have situation awareness that they've developed. They've got the habits, the behaviors, and the mindset. They've developed those 10 critical personal skills and they practice it on a regular basis. And if we can do that, or when we do that, I'm gonna say it that way, when we do that, we're gonna make a, a big cultural change back in our country and, and, and re-empower everybody to be proud of our country and to stand up for what our constitution means and, and, and why we are the best country in the world. Now you've written a book that is along those lines. It's called Prepare for the Real World. The world is not a safe place. That is a true statement, my friend. Well, thank you. And I, I wrote the book as a precursor to the programs. Um, one of the, the key things that makes our programs at the Paradis Group unique is we don't believe in traditional training. So reading a book or going to a one-hour class, that's traditional training. With my background in the military, uh, commanding airmen, uh, flying airplanes, what really needs to take place is the development of habits, behaviors, and a mindset. And you need a process to do all that. And that mm. takes time. There's the 2190 rule. It takes 21 days to establish a new habit and 90 days to establish new behavior. So our program, which is a year long, starts out with a 90-day micro e-learning platform so that every single day we're reinforcing the development of situational awareness with the people that are in that program. So at the end of that 90 days, they've established those habits and those behaviors and that mindset. They've got a process that they practice on a regular basis which then empowers them to be their own first responder. And then, like I said, once they develop that skill, they can then empower the, their friends, their neighbors, and their, and their family to learn and develop that skill. So now they're all first responders. And, and like I said, that's how we, we're going to change what's going on in our communities, by all of us being empowered and having the desire to make a difference. Now, a real example of that is this most recent shooting that took place in Indiana where a young man, I believe he was 22 years old, uh, and had a concealed carry permit, carrying a gun legally, stopped a shooter that would have been a mass shooter, uh, what, 15 seconds after he emerged from a restroom firing? This young man from a distance took him down, and he was trained, 
by his grandfather, right? Absolutely. And and that is actually one of the things that we talk about in our program. I talk about everyday carry, which if you are a, a Second Amendment person, you understand what that term is. But we all have everyday carry. We all carry our keys, our wallets, and then some people carry knives. And then some people, and more and more people today, are actually carrying weapons to be able to be that first responder to protect themselves, their family, and the community. Now, what is different in this case, in what you pointed out, is his grandfather took the time to not only make sure that he had a gun, could use it safely, but he trained him from a mental health standpoint that if you are ever going to need to, to use this weapon, make sure you think through what those consequences are so that you're ready to use that weapon. Mm-hmm. And then also made sure that he instilled in him the, the fact that he needs to practice with that weapon. So when he needed to use that weapon, he had already thought through, okay, I am prepared mentally if I ever have to use this weapon to, to defend myself, to save my own life or to save somebody else's life. But then even more than that, because this young man practiced using that on a regular basis, had the tactical skills, had the, what I call the, your lizard brain. It's that where you, your, your muscle memory goes when you're in a stressful situation. So he was able to have from a mental health and a decision standpoint and a training standpoint, able to put all that together and able to save a lot of lives. So, but that's what's different with most people today that own a weapon. They don't practice. They might go to the range once or twice a year mm-hmm, yeah. and they, they haven't thought through the mental health pieces. And, and that's what a big part of what our program does is empowers people to figure out what they're capable of doing and then to learn and develop the skills to be able to do that. Uh, we're all different, Mike, and we need to figure out for ourselves what we're capable of doing. And if there's something we want to be able to do and we don't have the skills for it, go find an expert to make sure that they, you learn that skill so that you truly are prepared. And that goes back to, you know, the Paradis group. Paradis stands for prepare. That's what it's all about is having the habits and behaviors and a mindset and a process that you practice so that you are prepared. I love a, a great quote from Bruce Lee. For those that remember Bruce Lee, oh, yeah, right. He, he would much he would much rather be a, a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. And if you ever look at true professionals, um, special operators, people that are fully are well trained in martial arts or, or well trained in, in tactics of using weapons, we are the last people that ever want to use that. We're humble. We will do everything that we can not to have to use that weapon, um, but we're prepared to use that weapon or the tools that we have available to prevent something from ha- something bad from happening if we have to. And and that's because we are prepared. We have that mindset. And that's goes back to the people that don't have situation awareness and don't have these 10 critical skills. They're 90 percent more likely to, to handle disputes with anger and violence. Something else that you're involved with, with Paradis, and that is the whole trafficking situation that has gone just crazy the last couple of years. I know this, too, is not uh, a brand new thing. We're, we're not just dealing with this for the first time, but it has increased and it's becoming very concerning. Uh, tell us how that this situational awareness can apply to that. Right. So today in the United States, human trafficking is the second largest criminal enterprise. And I wouldn't be surprised if that number goes up with what's happening at our southern border. And um, then it also has, you know, an impact on the fentanyl. And all of these things are actually tied together. Uh, There's a lot of nonprofits out there that do fantastic work when they're trying to catch the predators. They're trying to rescue the kids and then to provide the kids the necessary, you know, tools and empowerment to 
help them recover and to help them get better. But what's not happening, and it's because parents are not educating their kids and parents are not educated about the threats that we face, um, we're not solving the problem because our kids are still becoming victims. So what we need to do is empower, again, the parents with situational awareness and then take the learning that is out there about where are the indicators, how are the predators grooming our kids online, how are our kids becoming victims, make sure we know what those signs are to look for. But then when you have situational awareness and you've developed habits and behaviors and a mindset, you are 90 to 95% more likely to take action when you see those things and actually get your kids the help that they need to keep them from being victims. Mm. And in addition to that, because it is something that you are looking for, you're educating your kids on what these predators are doing, making sure that they know that over 88% of all human trafficking victims are groomed by somebody online or on a gaming system, empowering them to know what to look for so they stay away from those people that contact them, that have relationships with their parents. So they talk to their parents when those types of things happen. So, so as a family, they can prevent the kids from being victims. See, if we can stop the people from demanding it, the people that are out there paying for human, for the, for our kids that are being human trafficked and prevent our kids from becoming victims, that's how we're going to solve the problem. It kind of goes back to years ago when the, the government put out the, um, seatbelt program. And that went on for a very, very long time until people developed the habits and behaviors that, okay, every time I get in my car, I put on my seatbelt. When it comes to human trafficking or sexual harassment or carjacking or any of these threats that we face today, we've got to develop those habits and those behaviors mm -hmm. and the mindset to be able to see those things before it happens and then know what we're capable of doing to prevent ourselves or our loved ones from being victims. And what a call, isn't it, to parents? Because it's there's nothing, almost nothing more sad than to see parents realizing that they were seeing what now they understand as telltale uh, evidences of stuff going on that shouldn't have been going on, and, and they just let it go, as opposed to taking action. Absolutely, and I have two points there. Um, you know, for human trafficking, we actually have a human trafficking month where, you know, people speak on it. There's pamphlets that go out. Parents get a the traditional tra training like I talked about. But the problem is the forgetting curve is a real thing. And that's why you have to have a program that reinforces the learning of, of something. Because if I can give the best one-hour training on situation awareness and how to prevent your kids from being human trafficked, but parents – just because of how things are, we'll forget 95 to 98% of what is in that program mm -hmm. within a week, mm. unless, unless it is reinforced. So that's why it has to be something that keeps them in that mode of developing habits, behaviors, and a mindset. But the other thing, Mike, that I'd just like to throw out is I've talked to parents whose kids were ended up being in the human trafficking crime area. Many of their kids did, did get rescued, but there's two common things that all these parents had, and that was guilt and regret. Mm -hmm. um, they, they felt guilty and had regret that they did not do more to be able to empower their kids to potentially not become that victim. And that's why it goes back to the Bruce Lee. I'd much rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war and know how to help my kids develop and learn these ha the habits and the behaviors so that they can become the first responder and, and keep themselves from being victims. That is a great uh, statement to kind of commit to memory. Tell us your website, how people can get involved in your training. 
It's a www.karatis.group. Um, I speak around the country to, to businesses, schools, churches, um, and then we have a program that they can enroll in uh, so they can learn and develop the situational awareness, habits, behaviors, and mindsets. So like I said, we can turn this one in seven around and empower people to become the first responders so that we can start taking responsibility for our own safety and keep our, our families and our kids and our communities safe. All right. That Paratus is spelled P-A-R-A-T-U-S. And uh, I just really want to say, Colonel, thank you for being with us here today. Colonel Brian Searcy from the Paratus Group. We'll have to check back in with you at a later date. Thanks, Mike. It's been an awesome, awesome opportunity speaking with you today. God bless you. And we'll be back, friends, in just a moment here on Afternoons with Mike. Turning 65 or already on Medicare? Have you tried to compare Medicare supplement plans? Are you sick and tired of the awful TV commercials where washed up football players confuse you even more? Speak with a licensed independent insurance agent today. Call 407-965-4166 now or visit Affordable One Insurance in Winter Park, Florida and discuss what is important for you. Be sure to ask us about dedicated senior medical centers. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Are you looking for the right franchise to open your own business? Green Flag Franchise has the experience and knowledge to help match your business plan with your goals and values. Is your business ready to become a franchise? Green Flag Franchise will help you explore the potential and benefits of franchising your existing company. For a free consultation and coaching, visit GreenFlagFranchise.com. That's GreenFlagFranchise.com. Back for segment three now, and with me, a return guest, Chad Davidson. Chad is a former atheist. He's from California. He now works with Pastor Joe Schimmel out there. Uh, Chad is the host of the Good Fight radio show. He's a producer, too, of a film documentary on Marvel and DC's War on God. Man, I, there are many wars, I believe, that's been declared on God in the past couple of years. And I don't know a lot of people would have thought that the uh, the land of superheroes and comic books would be included in that. But they are. Welcome back, Chad. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's definitely a blessing to be on here. Well, tell me a little bit about what's happened uh, in the last couple of months since we talked. Yeah, I know. It's really exciting. We are now on our second part of a seven-part series on our Marvel and DC's War on God. The last one dealt with the Antichrist agenda. And one of the reasons I really like this second film, and I feel bad saying it, but I'm just being truthful, more than the first one was when Pastor Joe Schimmel brought forth the information that he had gathered to say, hey, I really feel like the Lord's leading us to expose what's going on. It was a lot of the material that is in this very film, which is called Dr. Strange, Aleister Crowley, and the Multiverse of Satanism. And when he showed me the parallels that proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that ultimately the character of Dr. Strange 
it gets his foundation and really the entire theme of his life and everything about him. He's made in the image of the godfather of Satanism, and that is Aleister Crowley. Wow. And this is uh, put out as entertainment for our young people. Yeah, that's that's the heartbreaking thing. And, and it's kind of been one of those things that I guess, you know, Disney's been really popular with this for a number of years where they've seeped this into our children. But specifically with just Doctor Strange as a character, you know, a lot of people, you know, typically had pushed away witchcraft. But I guess when you have Harry Potter out there or Disney's, you know, when I was a kid, they had the Wizards of Waverly Place, or you might even remind on uh, ABC, they had Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and, you know, they had different Bewitch shows and stuff mm-hmm, before yeah. that. But but witchcraft, the popularization of it in our country is unfathomable. I mean, it really is, because I don't think many people realize that right now, currently in America, there are more registered Wiccan witches, which is started by Gerald Gardner, who literally was a follower of Lester Crowley, practicing his magic as well. And there are more registered Wiccan witches than there are members of the Presbyterian Church of USA. Wow. So all the warnings that a lot of Christians were giving in the early 2000s and so forth about, hey, popularizing Harry Potter and witchcraft, people are going to take to this. And really, it's given them, it's given a life of its own to witchcraft. And Marvel and DC are, are both just you know, right in the coattails of it all. Now, is this something that you would find that parents are, would it be that they're unaware or would it be that they are uh, just kind of dismissing all of the warnings that they're hearing? Because this is something that we've talked about for years, it seems to me, like concern about uh, things like even going back to the years of dungeons and dragons and the warnings that pastors and uh, people on the radio back then in the 80s were putting out, it, you would think that parents would say, hey, I need to be aware of what my son or daughter is uh, watching on there. Is it? Do you think it's still that they're unaware or do they just not believe it? You know what? I really do believe it is both. And that that's just the reality. A lot of parents, when we shared with them, literally just reviewers, what the reviewers of the latest Doctor Strange movie had said, I couldn't believe how satanic it was. I couldn't believe how occultic it was. Wow, the fact that they didn't get an R rating for this. And it was like, the parents were like, are you serious? I had no idea that this entire thing is witchcraft base and pentagrams. And you have scenes where when he's gaining knowledge, no joke, that he's gaining knowledge, there's an apple and a piece is being bitten out piece by piece as he gains more knowledge. And and you're like, wow, this is stuff is going on. And a lot of parents have no idea. You know, they put their kids in front of an iPad or their cell phone so they can have a peaceful dinner. Uh, and they're just watching all these clips and all their friends love it and they wear the t-shirts and so forth and then there are those who are just apathetic they just don't really think it's a big deal not realizing that the heroes of their children are not jesus it's not you know the heroes of old it's now these superheroes because they have magic powers and that's really what they're striving for and that what that's what they want and i've even noticed and for me personally i've 
coming out of atheism, I've noticed a number of people that I knew didn't believe in God, but now believe in things like spirit science and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so forth. Uh, because to me, even when I look at the scriptures and I see an end times narrative, it doesn't look like there's a bunch of atheists. It looks like there's a bunch of people ready to worship something. Yeah, we all worship. Everybody does. Yeah. And the, the question is, who, what or who are we worshiping? No, that's that's exactly right. Everyone's worshiping something. I think even Bob Dylan said that. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's uh, right. You're going to serve somebody. That's yeah, exactly and, right. And, and, you know, that is a sad reality when it, we're hearing these reports. And we know that the, the whole thing that's going on with Marvel is only one part of it. But this whole war on, on parents, that's happening, too. Uh, across the country and schools and school boards and other other departments of the government where there's just a degradation of parental rights. It seems that we're just under attack from all sides right now. I couldn't agree more. And it's really, really interesting because, as you said, this attack on children and ultimately it's an attack on the family unit, and that's precisely what Satanist Aleister Crowley said. And he had, he had an entire poem. That was titled Family, Public Enemy Number One. Wow. And and it's really interesting because when you see really it's a spirit, it's not just one person. And that's where people can get off when they're looking at this because Ephesians 6, 12 is really clear. We're not wrestling simply against a flesh and blood battle. That's not how it is. There are principalities and powers. There, There is... There's real darkness in the heavenly realms, and we need to recognize that because when I'm going and looking at all the chaos that was happening in 2020 and so forth with all the protests and and craziness that was going on, I looked up the Black Lives Matter website, and one of the things that they mentioned is they need to get away from the nuclear family unit. That was one of the goals of all of this, and Mm -hmm. it was very interesting that over and over again, wanting to tear people apart. When you look at, you know, people like Margaret Sanger and so forth, and we have a future video coming out on Wonder Woman, and we're going to prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt that Wonder Woman is made in the image of none other than Margaret Sanger, who is the founder of Planned Parenthood, a racist who wanted to kill off black babies. And we, we are talking over and over again. When we look at the details and we see the wickedness that is going on. There is a spirit behind it. And there's a reason they want to get, you know, fathers and mothers out of the household and the government wants to raise our children and they're going to, you know, teach them all sorts of things. Like they can't even figure out their gender. And it's really an attack on the fact that they're made in the image of God and God created them male and female. And all of this coincides one with another because it's a synergy of a spirit and that spirit is from the evil one. You know, you mentioned something there that I want to pick up on and I've got a question for you on that. You mentioned there's a spirit behind a lot of this. And I heard years ago, back uh, again in, in the teaching in the 80s, and I've never forgotten it because I believe it's so real. And and this one pastor was making a statement that the open window that we give the enemy uh, into our homes by having movies, by having TV shows that are purporting these ungodly things, that becomes an open window for a a foothold, if you will, for the enemy to come in with the spirit of the world, with the spirit of Antichrist, with the spirit of death 
into our very families, and parents are allowing that window to be open. I could not agree more, and it's sad because not only is the window open, it's been in, the enemy's been invited in a lot of times. It's on their cell phones, it's on their computers, it's on everything uh, that permeates their life, and all of these things. Satan doesn't have just a foothold; he's holding everything down on so many of them, and sadly, the the kids. They're just throwing this stuff over and over again, and you're watching your favorite characters practice witchcraft. And it's very interesting, especially when we look not only at the movies that they're showing us doing this, but the fact that these actors are actually doing this in secret to get their roles. Robert Downey Jr., we show in two different interviews that he did, one called The Tao of Robert Downey Jr., and he talks about how he literally performed magic. And he said he was like a Lester Crowley's brother while he was performing it before he got the role for Iron Man as he set out comics and visualized. Mm. Then it just came out. This one's brand new. Ezra Miller, who is the Flash uh, in the new DC movies, he, in the Vanity Fair article, they say he was practicing chaos magic. That magic is literally was started and they get it from a Lester Crowley and he was using figurines and, and an altar and he wanted Susan Sarandon to come back and, and bow down because she said something mean about him. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that is going on in secret. And yet guess what? Now they're putting it out on screen and kids are watching it and they, it's just allowed in the home on the phone in the theater and parents are just none the wiser sadly enough. Wow. Boy, now for the parent that's hearing this for the first time and they're going like, oh my gosh, you're kidding me. Or for a grandparent who's concerned about their grandchildren, what resource would you point them to first? Well, I want to say this too, on top of the resource I want to point them to. My son, who is nine years old now, was a huge superhero fan. We had all the costumes, Captain America, Spider-Man, all of it. And... These very things that I'm talking about with you were the things that we sat down and shared with him, and he recognized immediately, oh, we can't do this. This is against Jesus, and that's not the answer for everybody. Not everyone's going to hear that from their grandchildren or their children, but it was just a reality. Hey, here's some of the wickedness, and we were very, very open with him about it, and I remember watching him throw away on his own fruition, throw away all of his stuff, and this was simply by sharing the truth with him. And, you know, we, you can go to goodfight.org. We have a number of resources on there. We have a ton of stuff on Disney as well, but also marveldcexposed.com. You can get our videos on demand there. We have the first, first video out on DVD, uh, and the second one's just available on demand right now, but it will be out on DVD as soon as we get it back from the printers. But that's marveldcexposed.com, and you can also find a lot of our stuff just at goodfight.org, if you can't remember too long of a address there. Yeah, goodfight.org. And uh, Chad Davidson, it's always good to have you on. And uh, so grateful for the work that you and Pastor Joe are doing. You're really fighting the good fight. You're keeping up with the name of your own show because it is a good fight. It's a fight we must be involved with as parents and grandparents for the sake of our kids and for our own hearts and souls. God, help us all. Chad, thank you for being with me today. Hey, thank you so much for having me, brother. All right. God bless you. And friends, thanks for joining us for yet another program here on Afternoons with Mike.